Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to We Call the Midwife. We are three superfans and each week we watch an episode and discuss. Today we're discussing series six, episode two. I'm Becky. I'm Alex. I'm Jen. And a quick reminder that this week's episode deals with some discrimination, complicated birth, a very serious explosion and severe disability. So if those are topics that you would prefer to skip this time, we understand and hope you join us for the next one. In this week's episode, we meet Derek and Penny Reed. They are both little people and Penny is pregnant with their first child. Patsy cares for her when she comes to clinic for her first visit. And despite everything being normal in the checkup, Patsy and Dr. Turner are concerned due to the many possible complications. The Reeds are aware and try to juggle hope and fear as they wait for Penny to go into labor. She does have a C-section at the hospital and happily is delivered a healthy baby girl. Our other expectant mother is Jessie Marsh. She is married to George, a dock worker. When Jessie goes into labor and delivers a baby boy, George is at work. A sudden and lethal explosion occurs and George is left blinded and his co-worker is killed. Sheila is passing by at the time and she responds immediately with the help of a local woman, Val, formerly an army nurse. George struggles with his injury in the aftermath and he and Jesse have a tough time. An investigation into the explosion has begun and it's George's testimony that makes a real difference in new regulations for dock workers in future. At Nanata's house, Sister Ursula continues her campaign of strict rules and austerity and mandates that only care specific to nursing be given to patients and families. The women quickly bend and break this rule and when Patsy gets a letter from home and finds out her father is dying, on the same day she goes the distance for Mrs. Reed during her delivery, Patsy and Sister Ursula have it out. Patsy takes a leave of absence and Sister Ursula may have realized the error of her ways. Patsy gets ready to go and she and Delia make plans for their separation. Phyllis provides subtle and compassionate support to Delia after Patsy leaves as she now understands the women's relationship. 
Girls, <laughs> this week, I'm telling you now, so it's been a few weeks since we've been recording and we're kind of taking this bit of a break. But obviously, we've not watched it for for a while for, you know, for this podcast. And when I saw it with Sister Ursula again, it just reminded me, I was just like, oh, I can't watch it. And I literally oh. had to it the other day. We should explain that we we have been recording some and we're all we're a little bit out of sequence so for you guys it has just been a week but for us it's been a few weeks since we've we've watched an episode and i genuinely yes. just shouted f off at the telly and turned it off yesterday i had to watch it again this morning <laughs> <laughs> well sister Ursula is just so harsh and it's like you forget how hard she is and then like the she's thing is a, you're she's a joy vacuum like no yeah. flowers She's just sucking the joy and the <laughs> life out of Narata's house and me. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's kind of like, you know, like a person who like, oh, it's like, I'll have one chocolate chip. You know what I mean? And it's just like, what is even the point? You know what I mean? And it's like, okay, yeah, the bag lasts for 47 years and you have a chocolate chip every day. But like, why bother? You know what I mean? Like, just... <laughs> Like, don't just make life so terrible. It's not even worth it. I couldn't stand her gatekeeping no. to Sister Julianne when Sister Julianne was going to ring the mother house. Yeah. Like, it's a yeah. control thing. I think it's a control thing because obviously Sister Julianne's been in control. I think she's nervous about the fact that Sister Julianne actually did go, do a good job before. She's been there saying, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll take over. And mm-hmm. actually, Sister Julianne is really good. But I think she's a bit, what's the word? She's jealous and nervous, I think, that they, re- they will realise that she's not as good as she's kind of put herself up to be. Well, this is not this is not sympathy for Sister Ursula, but it, it is hard to come into an established organization and the former leader of that organization being demoted and yet sticking around after you're supposed to take control, you know? It's yeah. like, that that is a tough dynamic. And, and I think I again, would have I... sympathy. I think I would have more sympathy if she hadn't been so delighted in telling everyone in front of her, like demoting her in front of everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was just mm-hmm. awful. Also, the bonbons, Sister Monica Joan. Oh, oh, I love Sister Monica Jane's resistance. I per- oh, oh man, yes! When she actually had one of the bonbons after she handed it away, I was just screaming at the telly, "Yes!" Well, you know that I'm not her biggest fan, but I, when she walked over and like held her hand out, I was like, "Don't you take that woman's candies away from her! How dare See, you!" Do I that? wasn't yeah. Sister Monica Jane's biggest fan, but now I've read the books. I genuinely feel like I, because she was real and it was based on a real person, I, I do yeah. really like her now. Well, the books have given me so much more love and respect for her. So much more. Because the real yeah. woman, absolute, like, I mean, even the way Jennifer Ward describes it in the books, like, she's a real pill, even in real life. But she's also just an, an icon, a legend. Like, she is the moment, you know, like, the whole thing. Like, she's just truly on another level. So the character on the show, I, I do have a lot more love for her because yeah. of that. So, yeah, defo. Speaking about not love for someone, should we carry on with Sister Ursula? Yeah, because she's really on, like, um, an efficiency drive, isn't she? Yeah. yeah, she's on a tear this week, for sure. And the thing is, she drops the bomb right at lunch when everyone's just trying to, like, decompress for, like, a half an hour and, like, just talk about their patients and, like, the new music they heard and, you know, the latest bows at, you know, Violet's shop or whatever like that. And it's like, oh, by the way... Well, and so I... the way she does it is, like, she's giving them a compliment. They're all like, oh, yeah, you go above and beyond. Yeah, and if you... If you watch Nurse Crane, I really think Nurse Crane starts taking it as a compliment. She's like, yes, yes, we do. Oh, they 100% do, yeah. Sister Winifred's there smiling. Yeah, you just watch Phyllis's face absolutely fall. And like, I was watching the scene and I just thought, oh my God, Phyllis is all of us. Because like, for me, when I watched it, I had, like you, Al, I had forgotten kind of where we were at in all of this. And then to see her give that feedback and like tell them the new rules about like you only help your patients with nursing you only do this you only do that you know it's just like phyllis is just getting like like her face like in her mouth is just like 
like she's just like that's I the way she says though this. you are encouraging dependencies that cannot be supported and then sister julianne like a badass says we are whatever is needed yes julianne <laughs> oh i know i know well Ju- sister julianne you could tell she was just like it was like one of those moments where she was like hold me back girls hold me back i'm going <laughs> after her you know like talking about nurse crane's reaction there's a bit the bit where um sister ursula says that those who do not earn their place must find another nurse crane actually stops eating at that point because she literally cannot believe what she's hearing yeah and she's not the only one so she's definitely rude. not the only one but I've put here, Ursula isn't mean here, just heartless, ruthless, and she thinks it's for good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. If she's not mean, she's just heartless and ruthless. What my notes don't even well, make sense. This is she, I mean, but she what? is being mean, because by saying that if you don't earn your place, like any hundred percent. And I think that's very pointed towards Sister Monica Jones. But I think Sister Monica Jones does have a place because she provides a lot of support within Nanata's house. And also she's earned that rest. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, she has. Well, I am. Um, I think I don't want to get political here, but it just reminds me of the austerity of the British government, which just mm-hmm. has not did not prove to be good. It just means that people are getting less care with less attention, and it's just meant yeah. that it's actually worked yeah. out worse. Well, and and we don't really have austerity the same way that you guys do, but you know, obviously the concept is in in this country as well, and it's kind of like you know people at at just like regular normal everyday people, you know, who are earning regular salaries, walking around being like, oh yeah, you know, you just need to skip that extra Starbucks and like you know just like clip coupons and you know like tighten yeah, your don't belts get and avocado everything. Avocado toast, then you can right, build exactly. a house. Meanwhile, you know, like a CEO is earning like. 300 times what an average worker is and they're getting bonuses at the end of the year and you know they're flying private jets and everything and it's just like I mean this is that's not sister Ursula for sure but just to say like it's absolutely infuriating and and the thing and I'll just pivot one little moment but just to say spoiler alert I do think there's a scene upcoming whenever down the road however many episodes where we kind of find out that sister Ursula is like look I really am trying to protect the longevity of Nanata's house because I'm very worried about money and I'm very worried about like people being able to sustain this kind of schedule and like it is really grueling work and like we don't want people like quitting or burning out or whatever you know so I mean I think there's going to be something to come where you kind of see like the method to her madness but yeah at the same time, like the show has told us many, many times before that, and this is true with a lot of this type of work, like when you were in the community, when you were working with the population, you know what that group needs and you know what helps them thrive. And like Jennifer Worth said it in her books, this is a very close-knit community. Everybody pitches in, everybody knows each other, everybody helps each other. And it's that kind of intertwined and enmeshed relationship that goes above and beyond and isn't just kind of clinical procedural, like, you know, process procedures that is what makes it so successful and what makes it work. And Sister Ursula is just not getting that. And that's that's what's frustrating because she her mentality is from the mother house or wherever she came from, but she does not understand this work. And she's not in the community the same way all the other no women are so but also i feel really but. bad for phyllis so i feel really really bad for sister julianne but right mm-hmm. obviously she's properly rebelling of course but also yeah. it's phyllis i feel bad for because obviously she's there telling everyone what they have to do and i feel really bad for her because she's got to implement this harshness because she says to this sister winifred and to patsy you know you can't go and do what you want to do because she wanted to go with mrs reed we'll talk about her in a minute uh, patsy wanted to go with mrs reed and winifred wanted to go and help mrs marsh but but Phyllis was saying you can't do that but Sister Julianne was amazing she was like just do it <laughs> and Phyllis had to no, but I think didn't hear Phyllis was I didn't think Phyllis was saying don't do it she, I think she was saying you understand that this is goes against what Sister Ursula well, I, 
I think she was she was saying not not was saying don't do it, but you know th- this is not you're not you can't technically do it. But then well, she Phyllis... then she goes on to say, oh my, I'm hard of hearing today. I didn't hear what you said. Exactly. So I, so I feel Phyllis, like Phyllis yeah. is a hundred percent the same way Sister Julian is. Phyllis is a hundred percent behind it. Yeah, but technically she said they can't do it, but then she's like, I can't hear it. So she has yeah. had to toe the line saying it technically, but obviously she doesn't believe in it. Well, yeah. girls, Phyllis is a real rule follower. I mean, like she she loves order and you know system and all. I mean, you know. So I mean, I think I mean the fact that she's struggling with it really does say a lot because she she wants and to I like think, kind of stay within the lines. I think Phyllis, when we when she first came to Poplar, would have this would have made a lot of sense. But I feel like present day Phyllis is totally yeah. She's got more heart to her because she's, she's yeah she knows the community more. She's she's part of the team. She's part of Nanata's house now. Yeah, well, you you girls are just reinforced. Yeah, 100%. I totally agree with both of you. And it's because she now knows what this group is, what this community is like. And she yeah. knows what it takes to serve them the way they need to be served. The thing is, this is also one of the poorest communities in the, the whole of London, maybe even the whole of England. I don't know. But like, when we read the books, the poverty that Jennifer Worth outlines is really staggering. Okay, so let me, let's just not forget, like, we're not talking about like, kind of middle class people or people who are kind of doing fine. We're talking about people who are scrimping and saving every single week i mean as evidenced by the marshes after george is injured and everything we'll we'll get there as well but just to say this is a community that needs every bit of support it can get that's all sorry now before we carry on about situations because there's some bits that go with different parts of the storyline should we talk about the reeds yes now and also say, can i just say you said little people in the yes i did and i did and, and i did that for a reason but you go what you what i know you did you know in england so in england it's dwarfism is more so my only point of reference here i have done a bit of research today as well is that ellie simmons was on strictly come dancing and uh-huh. she um she called it dwarfism she said that she had dwarfism and that's kind of the thing i know in america little people is more of a term used that's not a term used in the uk Okay. So that is, that is kind of an interesting, like, you know, like cultural divide yeah. there. So I did, I Googled this before I, as I was writing the synopsis. I did I, as well, because I was like, I'm going to cause offense in this episode. Well, we all feel very sensitive that we want to be respectful to, I mean, every, every character representation throughout the show, but definitely this one. And so I'll just say that in my research, the terms person of short stature Little person and dwarf are commonly used in the United States to refer to a person with a medical condition called dwarfism. Yeah. And as according to the little people of America, many people who experience dwarfism prefer the term little person. So now, if if any listeners out there want to give us, you know, extra context or, you know, insight into this, please feel free. But just to say, we are trying to really be respectful to the correct and appropriate terms. Yeah. So if and that, I also looked up them, pregnancy so. with a chondroplasia as well. And it says mm-hmm. pregnancy with a chondroplasia may be scary breathing during the third trimester may not be easy especially for someone with severe kyphoscolosis oh, no idea what that is sorry cesarean section is inevitable due to the small pelvis premature delivery is common and anesthesia can be complicated and um, so really they got mm. that bang on which i would expect nothing less from uh, Heidi thomas especially since uh, mine and beck's uh, meeting her yeah, yeah. pleasure of course meeting her yeah <laughs> I know, I know. And she will and and we and the episode that just came out today, which who knows when our listeners are listening to this <laughs> at this point, but anyways, in the episode about the the event that you guys went to with Dr. Turner and Heidi Thomas, Stephen McGann and Heidi Thomas, the, we emphasize that you guys said that she is such a stickler for historical and medical accuracy. Yeah. Yeah, and the other thing they want they wanted to say is they always when there are storylines like this, they always want to be representative of the times, but they also don't want to cause offense. Yeah. 
with the language they don't and want to repeat used. the offense so they they need to portray as it was in the 60s but yeah. they obviously want to be respectful yeah so anyway so mrs reed what's her name again Penny, Penny, Penny Reed, yeah, she's pregnant. Her husband Derek, they both have dwarfism. And can I just um, say about Derek? I just hated his quiff. I've never hated him. <laughs> it just annoyed me from start to finish. <laughs> well, I knew you'd hate. And do you know when I saw him, I thought Becky's going to hate that, and I don't know why. I didn't even know you hated Teddy Boy hair. Well, it's full just, like grease lightning hair. You know what I mean? It's like like it's Teddy it's boy the on the back and everything. It wasn't just a quiff at the front. It went all the way around his head and kind of created a bowl effect. It was like a yeah. helmet, wasn't it? Yeah. I just couldn't stand it, and I just couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't get on board with this storyline because of that quiff. <laughs> <laughs> but I have to say, they're the cutest baby. Oh, oh anyway, let's hang on, sorry. hang on, we're getting ahead. So, sorry. so Mrs. Reed comes to the clinic with her husband, yeah. but then she tells him to bugger off. So yeah. she goes in with Patsy. <laughs> <laughs> so she goes in with Patsy, and they've never had anyone with dwarfism before at the uh, at the clinic, so they didn't really know what to expect. So she went to speak to Doctor Turner about it as well, because obviously she wanted to do the best for a patient. And yeah. Doctor Turner basically said to prepare Mrs. Reed for every outcome. But then they find out that her last GP basically told her to terminate a pregnancy and said it's not good. He had prepared her. He really scared her. Exactly. And is that over. why she changed doctors? Yeah. Right. He'd been um, so mean to her. Exactly. Well, maybe not so mean, but he'd been really harsh. Like, that's what I thought. But also, Patsy, well, there was a moment where they spoke about the fact that Patsy was trying to prepare her but also not letting in the joy and then Patsy gave her the baby leaflets to let her in the let in the joy like actually let her have hope yeah and that made, oh, and that she made was, me cry well also because Mrs Reed was a seamstress so when she was sewing the baby outfit and then she felt she had to hide it from Patsy I was like oh I, know. No. I, know. I literally wrote Patsy is so good to them and then a few minutes later I wrote Patsy is so good I just oh Patsy just also can we just talk about Patsy's hair that is the shade I think I want to dye my hair oh you're gonna do it really think, well do you remember at uni I had similar hair That's it wasn't that it wasn't that well maybe no because obviously I won't dye it blonde and then do it that color I'd just do it over my normal brown oh okay do you know what I'll do Patsy's it you hair is like fully see, I see you Oh, huh? got, yes, let's do that. Bex is going to do it for me when, when we see each other. Okay, so you're just going to put kind of that color on top of your normal hair and that's it. Yeah, although I've got a few grays now, so it might show um, bright red on some bits. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, because Patsy's hair, I love it and she looks beautiful. She's a vision, a vision. But her hair is like, I mean, it's orange. It's it's not red. It's I mean, it's like a bright orange. Oh, no, I think me. it's like a red. Maybe it's a resolution on my telly. I'll double check. Oh, I mean, it's like fully. I mean, to me, when I just watched it last night, I was like, that's the most gingery ginger orange. Oh no, it looks quite dark red on mine. Oh no, it's not red on mine. Anyway, no, it's a natural brown. Oh right, so she's very similar in that respect. You're basically Patsy, but you know she's one of those people who can have any hair color. Like I've seen her like that's probably not similar. No, 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 I'm not either. But like I think I've seen her with like blonde hair. I think yeah, yeah, she blonde hair in this. Yeah, in male. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Okay, diversion, but... So anyway, let's finish the Mrs. Reed storyline. So Mrs. Reed yeah. is being prepared for... They're all worried about it. Anyway, she goes into labour early. She mm-hmm. waters break. She panics. She rings the surgery. Now, I will say that Sister Ursula's actual more not caring approach was actually quite good. She was like, don't worry, we'll get you there. You know, she was quite, <laughs> no panic, yeah. don't worry about it. She was like, yes, we'll get there. 
we'll get the surgery sorted right now, okay? She's like, calm down. Bye-bye. Yeah. And then... <laughs> <laughs> so she sent her to the hospital she goes to the hospital she has a surgery now patsy badass patsy was like i'm not leaving her i'm going straight to her and sister julianne and and phyllis were like yes go for it dead proud do it girl do it yeah consequences be damned if i learned one thing from an artist from you is that we do for our patients and then phyllis was like good on it to sister julianne Julianne never looked so proud as she yeah. did in that moment. But she, she was went like, to my hospital. baby, oh, it's flying free. So she went to the hospital and she was such a comfort to Mrs. Reed as well. Uh-huh. And, oh, it was just, oh, it was so lovely. And she had a little girl, didn't she? Oh, wait. She did, Bella. Let we, lest we not forget that, like, we peeped Delia at the hospital because she's still working there. And yeah. so Delia and Patsy connected at the hospital. And Delia was allowed to go in because she's doing surgical. And she was allowed to go in and witness the birth, make sure everything was okay. And she did. And then she came out and she told Patsy. And she's like, look, she did deliver the baby. It seemed okay, but I didn't get to see. I, so I really don't know what's going on. And so pa- then Patsy was like, I'm going to go to the nursery and find out. And then I want to give the news to Mrs. Reed because if it's bad news, I want, it to, I want her to come have it come from me so I can give it to her, like, you know, like lovingly and caring for her style. Yeah, she's had a and... bad time with doctors. Right, exactly. And they treated well, her it's just the, like... It's the really awful doctors at the hospital, isn't it? Well, yeah. it's that whole thing of like... It's men, okay. really, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> like, here we have a prima gravita... <laughs> A chondroplasia presenting with a blah, blah, blah. And it's like she, they're literally talking about just like a cabinet or whatever. You know what I mean? Like they never refer to these people as if they're like real humans who have lives and everything. Yeah, just conditions. Or even that they can, it's like they don't even really need the person to be there. They're just. No. Dehumanize them. Yeah. Anyway, the baby was perfect. And as Patsy said, sorry for the term, normal sized. (laughs) Well, and then Mrs. Reed goes, do you mean she's big? And I thought. I'd love that. Oh, that's that's like, yeah, reframe it. Go for it. Yeah. And I love Delia telling the medical students to F off. Yes. Oh, I know. She was like, not now. And then she's, and then the guy's like, well, so-and-so will hear about this. And she's like, I really don't give two flying bleeps about who you tell about it. Like, But also, can we talk about their lovely moment between Patsy and Mrs. Reed straight after she had the baby and she told us it was a healthy baby. Yeah. And she was talking about family and she was saying, you know, will she, will, because she's, not a dwarf will she be ashamed of us will she connect with us will we be okay will we and she was just like you know what i learned from my she really opened up about her childhood about being in a prisoner of war camp yeah and saying that you know i learned that all anyone cares really is that their mum's there and then she said she really opened up to us saying about a mum diet and then she said she kind of closed herself off to a dad and it was just well, also moving patsy's still avoiding the letters that are arriving thick and fast from hong kong oh, well exactly but that made her call her dad's house yeah. And it was just so moving. We'll talk about more about that because there's a Sister Monica Joan moment as well I want to talk about. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so moving. It's really beautiful. I mean, there's there's a lot of moments that happen on the show where the patient, you know, helps the main character figure something out or realize something or change their mind about something or whatever. And it it's just, it's just, I love those scenes because honestly, I mean, they're, you know, I mean, just from purely like a viewing standpoint and everything, they, they're just, they're just really such a good reminder that like, you know, we can, we can get something powerful or substantive or meaningful or whatever it is from really anywhere, you know? And if we just like open ourselves up, you know, these like pearls of wisdom and truth can come, you know, from any source, you know, well, even from people that, that we're trying to help, that, they can help us, you know? Yeah. And from that strength, she actually then spoke to a father or, or a father's maid or whatever or nurse, nurse or care yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, but she 
did that. But then she basically quit to Ursula and gave her the money and was like, you know, oh, save you having to dock my wages. Here's a refund. Really angry. I loved it when she did that. Died. Well, she took the bloody money. Sorry, here's the thing though. So just just because well, I know everyone's already watched the episode. Let's let's listen to this. But just to say, so so Patsy like just had this really painful conversation with her dad and her na- dad's maid or nurse or whoever it was, and she's like, well, she's summoned up dying. the courage to open the letter, hasn't she? Yeah, yeah, and she knows that he's dying from the letter, but then she calls because she wants to check in and kind of make arrangements and things like that. And so she's just got off the phone after this really, really painful phone call. And she's walking down the hall, kind of like, you know, lost in thought and everything. And Sister Ursula comes out of her office and she starts reprimanding her about going to Mrs. Reed. And she says, oh, you know, you know, that's against the rules. So like, I'm going to have to dock your wages. And then she says, and then Patsy gives her the whole thing about, I will never go. Like, I know I have to go above and beyond for my patients. Like, that's the kind of professional I want to be. And she's like, oh, and by the way, like here, don't, you know, don't worry about docking my wages. Like, here's a refund. And she she puts some money on the table and then she says, I guess, you know, something, something because of my dying father and then walks away. And Sister Ursula for the first time, like genuinely like blanches and she just looks like, oh, Funny. I, crap, think I really in- might have overstepped the line here. You know, just like, I think I'm in the right all the time, but like maybe I don't actually know everything and she doesn't. So. And I think Sister Ursula did. I think there was a moment of regret there because she didn't understand the context of everything. Yeah, but she shouldn't have taken the money. I'm still against well, her. <laughs> well, but we don't know if she took the money to return it to Patsy. Or to do something too else. Much credence there, or to do something else like for an anatus or, you know. Maybe she's going like to give that. it to the Marshes because they're struggling. Maybe, hopefully. She's not. Yeah. She's absolutely she's not. Never gonna, I mean, I... <laughs> I think I think it was good for Sister Ursula to. I mean, I really like the way that scene was written, and I thought that was really well done because the thing is, she clearly thinks she knows best and she knows all, and there's a lot she absolutely does not understand, and that to me was a big like wake up call scene for that. Like, oh, you think you know what's happening? You don't know what's happening. Like, why don't you approach things from not just wanting to be like you know like hard on everybody and like punitive and like punish people for everything, but like. If someone's doing something, why don't you stop and think like, why are they doing it? Or ask them, why are you doing this? Or what's going on? Or how are you doing? Or whatever like that, you know? Yeah. Um, just to Sorry. finish up, Mrs. Reed, the baby group was held at her flat. Oh, girls. Oh, so oh, girls. Oh, my goodness. All the, when prams, I saw... all the prams in the hall. Oh, and then her at the center with all the mums and babies around her. And hey, with all the new clients. All the rest oh, of yeah, I was going to say, she's going to be raking it in. Oh my goodness, girls! I, I've just been very hormonal in the past couple of days, past for a while. And anyways, <laughs> just to say, this episode, I started crying so quick, and I didn't stop. I mean, oh, well, oh it my god! Me of my baby group. So my, <laughs> I did baby yoga with my daughter, and she was oh, I girl. That. It was eleven boys and one girl. It was I don't understand what happened around my area where it was just boys being born. And um, we did baby yoga, and some of the mums were gorgeous and lovely, but some of the mums were really weird and hoity. And I remember we were doing this game, and someone was like, "Oh, your little princess will have a pick of any of these princes." And I just uh. went, "I <laughs> 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 thought I was really weird, apart from like a few of them who they were my friends. They were my friends from my yo- my yoga group. That's who I knew were my people." Yeah, there you go. Oh, I was so happy for them. And just, we we stopped ourselves from saying it, but the Reed's baby was absolutely so gorgeous. Like, absolutely, just the cutest. cutest. And sweetest. Fair, I, think, I think both babies this week were well cute. No, I think the Reed's baby pipped it. <laughs> if, if, no offense to the other baby, but... Even with the dad's bad haircut, you give the Reed baby a heads oh, up on Oh, speaking the... of Derek with his bad haircut, he was yeah. so worried about his wife. Yeah. And he was just like, you might not come home either of you. And that's why he was avoiding doing the pram. And it just made me so sad for him. 
Derek was a very sweet, sweet husband. He was Apart really from him, we get it, Bex. We get it. <laughs> I just couldn't. I couldn't connect with him. Right, should we go on to the marshes now? Yes, sure. Did you recognize Jesse Marsh, by the way, either of you? Of course. Oh, wait a minute. Yes, but no. Who was she? Bex From what? The Crown. Oh, oh, girls. You are exactly right. How in the world did I miss that? Oh my God. Yes, you are exactly right. Now also the George oh, Marsh, geez. the whole George Marsh storyline also brought us a new nurse. Uh, spoiler yeah. alert, maybe call the midwife uh, future person. Yeah. Uh, Valerie Dyer. Valerie Dyer working behind I the know, I know. And I have, I had really forgotten, not, uh, but for, not forgotten about Val, but forgotten like how she came into all of this and when she came into it. And when I saw her, I was like, huh. And then when she said she's an army nurse and you see Sister Julian's eyes light up, I was just like, oh, okay. This, you know, and, but I just, uh, yeah. Oh, love when Val. When I saw her in that bar at the first scene, I was like, yay. Uh, <laughs> well, and Val, I'm not going to say, but Val has a really amazing story arc. So just, yeah. Like peep that for future, but so you know, I've watched it and I'm still like, oh my god, does she? <laughs> You're the one who was like, are they married? Even though I've been talking, we spoke about this podcast twenty five times <laughs> about Stephen McGann. You'll so have to tell me. You'll have to tell me off off air. What? When we, yeah, I will tell you. We will do that, and you'll be like, yeah. oh yeah, this massive storyline <laughs> that's huge. It's <laughs> like takes place over multiple seasons. <laughs> So Jesse and George Marsh, um, they're struggling yeah. a little bit financially, but he's getting some what's the word? Some shifts on the dock, on the dock. Yeah. And he's and like, their mother, he's like her ships mother, are coming in all week, ma'am. Yeah, and her <laughs> mum has got oh, that's a brilliant accent. Jen. Her mum. I always have to do it because I know it's so bad. <laughs> so her mum's got arthritis and lives with them, and she's like, "I'm sorry, love. You know, I'd really love to help." Her. She's like, "You are. You're doing. You're doing ace. You're not a burden. All this." So anyway, Jesse is very, very heavily pregnant and she actually gives birth with Sister Winifred. Now, did you two notice how confident Sister Winifred was and how yes. she seemed to really love it as well, really capable, having a great time being a midwife? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, she She's gives birth to a little boy. Now. Yeah. So she gives birth to a little boy called Bobby. And despite I love what the name Bobby. Says, really cute. Bobby. It was so cute. <laughs> it always reminds me of Greyfriars Bobby. Well, also, not, not, this is a very small detail, but not to jump ahead, but this episode with baby, what's, what's the Reed's baby's name? Jay something? Bella. Bella. Oh, oh, oops. Okay, Bella. And then Bobby, they both were not exclusively in knitwear. Like they both had baby clothes that were like fabric baby clothes. And I thought that was interesting that Mrs. Reed was a seamstress and that she was like, you know, making clothes or anything. Cause we have, cause this is kind of one of the first times we haven't seen only knitwear baby clothes for babies. That is true. Like the scene where Mrs. Marsh goes to George in the hospital and she's holding Bobby in her hands. He has these adorable big elasticized leg bloomers that it, like his little legs are just poking out of. And then he has his, his, his legs are tiny. Oh my God. It's like <laughs> their bodies are so hilarious because they're still all in cloth diapers. And like the scene and the way she's like, she's like giving him a bottle as George is getting wheeled up. And like the way that she's holding him, <laughs> his butt and tummy are just so massive like a cantaloupe. And then he just got these little sticky legs. <laughs> over her arms and girls when I tell you oh it was a bomb to my soul to see that little baby body like so cute and just so wacky like just draped over his mother's arms it's oh. mad though like because obviously my daughter obviously didn't have t- Terry towel and nappies but her yeah. legs they were like Kermit the frogs you know when you see his legs off camera <laughs> 
these really skinny long legs I know I know my nephews were the same like they were really tiny when they first came home and then they started growing but like you'd get these like little like their bodies were kind of like like you know like potatoes and then they just have these little toothpick arms and legs coming out while they were kind of like bulking up and gaining weight and and it was it was less stark when they were in clothes but whenever they were just in like a diaper like a onesie it was like the most wild thing it was so it was so funny oh babies anyway and her legs got so fat she couldn't even fit in trousers oh god i know busting out busting (laughs) so should we explain how george is injured so George is working, he's getting casual work down at the docks. He's working with Arthur Pilbury. Arthur Pilbury is struggling. I love that name. Now, we've, we've never met Arthur before this, No, right? he's, he's, oh, just he's just been brought in. He's okay. a sacrificial lamb. Yeah. Yeah. So they're working down at the docks. Sheila is down there because she's running um, a smallpox vaccination. Was it smallpox? Yep, smallpox. Smallpox vaccination drive. So Arthur and George both go and get their vaccinations. Sheila is then leaving and stops to vomit into her handkerchief. (laughs) Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. <laughs> I'd just do it on the floor. I, I would have just done the because you don't know if that handkerchief is going to be sufficient. No, to be honest, I'd have, I'd have Well, if I was down at the docks, I probably would have just done it on the floor. I might have just done it in my handbag. I would just <laughs> done it on the street. I have no decorum. I've done it before. Just been sick on the street. I'd do it. Again. I would be sick on the street. I will say, when I lived in New York City, there were a couple of times where I felt ill, and and there's a lot of trash cans, and that's the other thing you could look around for is a trash can to throw up into. But just Sorry. as she pauses, I don't mean to be gross, but you know, just as she and they're handling whatever they're handling is flammable because it says flammable all across the um sacks. Oh, um, see, I missed it's... that actually. Yeah. I didn't. I I really missed that part of it. That, like, I didn't get any warning signs. Well, when I first started watching it, so Arthur Pilby just really quick was saying how he's a bit older. And he was saying how his lungs aren't used to it because it was quite powdery what they were handling as well. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was going to be the problem. Yeah, well, same. That's that's my... That's but it was going to be like, oh, I have like tuberculosis or black lung or something. Now yeah, exactly. Sorry, Bex. Carry on. Material. Sorry, Bex. Well, I was just going to say there was an explosion. So... <laughs> a massive one. Really, massive really explosion. massive. Yeah. Also, yeah. can I just say, I loved the fire alarm that was all handled like a handle. I think you'd well, like you one just, of them, Bex. Like spin it around and around like and wind around. up, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, thank God Sheila and Valerie were there. Valerie dashes out to the pub because she's, here's the explosion. I was a bit annoyed at Sheila not thinking about her safety at all because she just kind of rushed in there, not thinking about the fact that she's pregnant, into a smoky building, not knowing there's chemicals or anything. but, But you know Sheila is so, I mean, she's so, like, 
she's hurt for everyone. She'll always Well, she was people. fine from it, which is good, but I was annoyed at her if she wasn't. I would have been annoyed. Yeah. Well, I love the doctor, like, when, when they talk to Tim about the fact that Sheila's pregnant, like, like Sheila and Dr. Patrick tell Tim that she's going to have a baby. And he's like, oh, come on, mom. Like, I like dad won't let you pick up a teacup. And, um, you know, you've been, like, barfing into a handkerchief, or, you know, and, like, barely looked at, like, eating 8,000 biscuits and everything. I'm like, oh, well, like, yeah, she's running into burning buildings, but Dr. Turner won't let her, let her like, lift a teacup. It did he make probably- me laugh. But then he was like, good, and I don't want to know any other details. It made me absolutely Yeah, he's like, laugh. it's disgusting enough that you've gotten pregnant <laughs> from marriage, you know? <laughs> <laughs> do you think Dr. Turner helps that? Because when they talk about, I mean, we've digressed a bit, when they talk about the fact that they're going to start telling people because Sheila's finally, ca- well, we think she's getting over the morning sickness, but then she vomits into a handkerchief. Um, Which, by the way, the handkerchief is gone at that point. So, like, I hope she just threw it away because you're not going to, like... She threw it in the fire. Oh, good, 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 good. Let it burn up and be done. Uh, no, I don't know. Um, <laughs> they talk about the fact that before they start telling everyone, they're going to have to, they, they want the children to know. Angela's not going to know what on earth's going on. Oh, um, no, no clue. But it's the way Dr. Turner says, well, Timothy will definitely understand. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like, that's a bit much. <laughs> I think he's not wrong. wrong. He's a teenage lad. Like he will now. It was the way he said it, though. I was just a bit like, oh. Yeah, but he's not wrong. Teenage lads are perverts. Like, it's just... Yeah, they definitely are. But the thing that's funny is, like, Tim and, and like, God bless him. I loved him so much. But he's, like, I, I I saw him in this episode and I was like, oh, like, he's really starting to go into the awkward stage, you know? Like, he's a very kind of, like, gangly kid. And, you know, just the way that he, he's just all arms and legs. And he's, you know, just, says, like, Jen, he's shooting up like rhubarb. He is shooting up like rhubarb, but he's he's also like he's a very like cute kid, but he's definitely kind of looks yeah, he's kind of in that awkward, you know, like everything's kind of growing in odd like ways. So anyway. Right, so we got a bit off topic there, but let's go back to Mrs. Marsh and Mr. Marsh. So poor Mrs. Marsh giving birth to a beautiful baby boy and then getting yeah. the news that day that her husband's basically been in a massive explosion. They don't know how he is. He can't see. And then she went to see him at the hospital. So you've just had a baby. You can barely walk anyway. She's had to go to the hospital to see him. Yeah. And it was just such a moving scene because he's really upset and can't... At least he's, you know, lucid and talking and stuff a bit. But, but Al, how, how did how did you do with um his injuries? His Not burning well. injuries? <laughs> It just yeah, looked so sore. Oh, well, it just had the kind of, it just was red and it kind of seemed so like wet and gooey. And I was <laughs> All right. like, that was the worst thing about it. it was right. Just it's... for the context, everyone who doesn't know, I am so squeamish, like genuinely would faint if that was in real life. I have fainted in hospitals before. <laughs> yeah. Like even watching it, you probably felt a bit ill, didn't you? I had to close my eyes a bit. I'm not going to lie. Uh, <laughs> so the, well, the, when he the, makeup the baby, department. when oh. he the baby, I was a bit like, oh. Is he gonna have left a bit behind. Well, what I what I felt was when was when Val was helping him like at the explosion, and he was like all messed up, and his yeah. hands were all black and red and everything. The makeup department did a really good job, but I was like, oh, it was just like I mean, I like I really felt for him, but it also was kind of disgusting, and I was just like, oh, this is really well, this is. Really I just want to go back to the scene when his wife first met him afterwards for the first time after see after not seeing him. She just had a baby. All this. I do wish that her and sister Winifred had had a bit of diplomacy. They would be saying that the baby's so beautiful. Bobby, you won't believe it. He's so beautiful. <laughs> You've got a beautiful baby. Have some diplomacy. You can't fucking see. That you like potentially will never see in your life. Yeah. Let's not talk about how beautiful. Like he sounds lovely. Well, <laughs> the other, well, the other one was when the other one was when they said something about you know like oh his eyes you know because he, he has the bandages and everything and she's like I fell in love with those eyes. Is that any better? <laughs> Am I doing any better? <laughs> <laughs> 
impression of her. I love the bones of you. The very heart of you, George. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now, girls, actually, sorry. I'm just going to get really serious because as I said, I was like sobbing through this whole, you know, freaking episode. Okay. When she says to him, she says, like, okay, he's he's really having a hard time, admittedly. I mean, yeah. he's really struggling with, like, you know, all this stuff like that. And he's been Married pushing her as away. well, by the way. Yeah, I mean, he's he's truly suffering. And it's, like, right in the immediate aftermath of this har- horrible explosion. But he's, like, really pushing her away. He's like, I don't want to meet my baby like this. Get away from me. Like, I'm disgusting. You know, like, he just it's he's yeah. really having a hard time. And she's really trying to, like, be there for him, support him, like, make him feel kind of, quote, normal and everything like that. And they, they, she's brought the baby and they have kind of a fight and everything. And then she says, you know, she makes this really impassioned speech about how she just, like, loves him so much. And she says the thing about, she says, I'll take you deaf, broke, or blind. I love the bones of you. Like, and then she goes on and on. And she just says, she's like, listen, like we can go through anything as long as we're together. Like you mean the world to me. Like you, me and our baby are all I care about. Like she just is so, she's like so rock solid. And like, honestly, I just absolutely adored her. And and he, he, you know, does kind of, ultimately i mean he comes around he, he surely does but it takes a second and and i'm very sympathetic for why it does too but oh man you know, she's such you know a legend what, Matt, there's two things that annoyed me about this storyline like i loved it it was amazing but also huh. as part of this storyline the coroner's court writes to sheila and to val that they have to yeah. go to the court to basically talk about arthur Corby's death because poor arthur Corby didn't make it yeah and there's a scene where sister winifred said this that it's always the dark before the dawn but there is always a dawn well winifred you don't know actually that everything's gonna be all right you don't know <laughs> Also, it was an unfortunate, I mean, I know that is the phraseology of like when things are at their worst, but the dark before the dawn was an unfortunate. Oh, yeah, like a pun, an unfortunate pun choice. Yeah, because the power went off just as she was saying it. Well, Mm. no, but I just meant there's going to be no dawn for George because he's not going to get his eyesight back. No, exactly. That's what I mean, though. I just think, yeah, Mm. exactly. He's never going to see a dawn again. You're right. And also, there's another bit where Sheila goes to see George and she's, pressuring him to go to court and I just think if anyone's got an excuse to not know mate it's him he's really having a bad time well, at the moment he can't it, see I don't know if you've noticed but he's just been in a massive explosion maybe just let him go off not going to court I, I will say if anyone has an excuse not to go it's him that's true but also if anyone like can't get out of it it's also him in a way because the thing is Sheila just went and she saw how what happened when she went and how dismissive everyone was of her ultimately and I think she was like oh the only person that's like really gonna break through is this man who is so visibly harmed by all of this and then his impassioned plea that will come when he testifies how, well can we just the, tell you aside about how awful and dismissive that judge was oh he was yeah, terrible he was horrible he was like oh yeah anyways well that's like too bad okay bye and like I mean he just really was he also the way he was like get this man help you know not asking it george if he wanted any help to get to the just get this man help just so well i don't don't, maybe i'm imagining this because again i was like so emotional when i was watching it but i feel like he like when he walks into the courtroom and then he like smells jesse's perfume and he's like jesse and then he like she like reaches out she's like i'm here and everything he's like oh i feel like they had they were having this like really beautiful moment and the and the magic like get to your seat yeah he's like hurry Please, or something like that. It was just so, it was just so callous. Let's get this on with immediate effect. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, God, you horrible man. Yeah. Well, I will say the coroner did. So they basically said that uh, Arthur Pilbury's uh, accident was, sorry, Arthur Pilbury's death wasn't an accident. That was the verdict. But I do love that the coroner, despite absolutely nixing 
Sheila's pleas when she was in the dock. He has yeah. said that he was going to write and recommend to the dock. It's basically about having fresh water, about having a log, about who's going to be there. Yeah. Um, and also glasses for people who are working with toxic chemicals. Yeah, basically. Um. Now wait, coroner? Coroner? What? Yeah. So he's the main guy that was like in judgment of all of this, like listening to the thing you do. Yeah. Listening to the testimony. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because we don't. Because coroner really only means one thing for me anyway. So we wouldn't, in our terms. Well, I mean, I know that's what he's called in the show, but like for us, it would have been like a judge or a counselor or like a you know. We a- have like a coroner's court. So you have someone who sits. Oh, because it's like a postmortem kind of a thing after something has happened. Is that kind if of what you're doing there? If there's any sort of investigation. Oh yeah. Death, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so we, yeah, there's I mean, always I, an inquest into what happened. It has to be a death. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we wouldn't use the term coroner, but I, I think we all know like what that role is. So and what that was representing. So yeah. Okay. So that was cool. a happy ending for future workers on the dock. Yeah. Doesn't help just, George. But, George kind yeah. of. Got, but they showed them. They they kind of. He didn't get his eyesight back, but they showed them kind of getting on with life a bit more. He was getting more adaptive to it, and obviously welcoming baby bobby because at first he kind of rejected him didn't want to see him because he didn't want him to see him in that state even though you slash george he wouldn't know huh baby how are they gonna cope baking extra bread bex (laughs) they didn't really explain it well because he was still in hospital when when they i mean obviously they he did come to terms with it and he did accept bobby but he was still in hospital at that stage because they were still outside sat outside on the bench yeah i don't know let's to be honest let's create a nice narrative that they got a massive payout from the government i'll talk I'll tell you, this is my, like, stupid brain or whatever. Like, they took the bandages off, and then the doctor takes away the little, like, pads over his eyes. And he lifts them up, and he's like, anything, son? And and George is like, I got nothing. And, like, it, or it said something like that. And I was like, oh, no, he's going to get it back. Like, I, in my mind, I was like, no, he's going to get his eyes same, back. Like, same. he just needs a few more eye drops and, like, some ointments. And, like, they're going to come back. Don't worry about it, babes. Like, he'll be like not fine maybe but like you'll have some vision that you can use to like navigate daily life i i just immediately was like no it's gonna be fine it's gonna be it's gonna be just fine everything's gonna work out <laughs> also oh, sister winifred was me. trying to get a basket of food together for them yeah and sister julianne was like oh there's some biscuits here everyone needs biscuits because people come around for cups of tea and you know she's really trying to help and then yeah. ursula came in trying to stop it i was so angry so oh, angry my God. you're literally gonna take food out of people's mouths because you just want to be mean yeah, and she, it's not, as a nun, as a nun, you know, husbanding your resources, you well, think, well, hang on, these people need it, We're an, I'm a nun, let's give it to them. And Sister Julian says, like, maybe you haven't been here long enough, but you don't even know how much people leave on our doorstep to mm. help us out, to give us stuff, you know, like, everything, like, people are so generous in return, so we need to return the favor, like, this is what we do for people, and she was like, now. <laughs> just hey, honestly, I nearly turned the episode off. So I've got to do this. Oh, got to actually do this. Girls, did we ever have a joke about like baby Bobby or like Bobby baby? Is that from this? Or is that something from something else in my brain? Baby Bobby, Bobby baby. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I've really lost it. Well, you can edit that out. It, Sorry. Other people who've listened to the podcast may actually know what she's referring to because we can't I remember. I, I, my brain is really, is really on another planet right now. So just, I don't, I feel like there's something in my brain is clicking about like baby Bobby, and I don't remember if it's like a joke that I have with my sister or it's like something else or whatever. I don't really remember. But anyway, when you said baby Bobby, I just in my head it just clicked to something. So, so anyway, I, mean, I would say it all ended happily, but it didn't. We don't actually didn't. know how it ended, but it ended with we George don't. kind of being a bit more feeling better a little coming, bit coming and around also, the circumstances a bit more him and also he's got the best supportive wife for that situation well yeah, exactly they have actress. each other they have each other and 
you know, that's all they need. Yeah, like the Bon Jovi say, we've got each other and that's enough for love. They're halfway there, living on a prayer. Anyway. So. <laughs> I was like, what are the lyrics to that song? <laughs> I couldn't come up with them. <laughs> I was like hearing it in my brain, but it was just kind of like that. Well, it was your complete blank look at me that I've carried on being like halfway there living on a prayer. I knew what you were going for, but I just like so slow right now. Now, should we talk about Patsy and Delia? Yes. They're oh, like so in full love relationship mode. Yeah, so we've talked episode. briefly about the fact, so we've actually gone to the bones of the issue, really, about the fact that she rang her dad. But at the first, yeah. she was avoiding even reading the letter because she just wanted to stay with Delia. Yeah. And also and Phyllis Spider coming out of her room. Yeah. Yes, Phyllis Spider moment. But I think, I thought they were being a bit dramatic about the fact that she had to go to Hong Kong for a short time. But if you think about it, the last time Delia, the last time they were separated was when Delia then had her accident, didn't she? Exactly. So it nearly broke them last time. They, they, they never thought they'd actually, well, Patsy especially never thought they'd get back together because obviously Delia couldn't even remember her. And this is yeah, the greatest they, love of her life. This is when I they know. still love each other and like each other. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were right to be scared because, I mean, the thing is also, like, Pembrokeshire is way not as far away as Hong Kong. You know what I mean? Like, like letters and everything are going to take so long. Like, they're not going to be able to talk on the phone, really. Like, I mean... It's maybe, not like they can FaceTime. Right, exactly. Like, I mean... Poor Patsy's got to book passage from Southampton. That's going to take her an age. Yeah, that, yeah. I'm not going to lie, that sounds awful. Absolutely awful. Never... No wonder she was cleaning so hard. She cleans when she's stressed, doesn't she? Oh, my God, I wish... I could do that. I wish I just yeah, same. I wish I ever wanted to clean anything ever. I mean I do I do it when I have to, but I never want to. Ugh. I keep watching now, videos we... on TikTok and seeing all these people cleaning loads and decorating loads, and I'm thinking that is what I need to do in my life. But instead <laughs> yeah, but I'm watching videos of people do those. it. They speed it up and it just looks so quick and simple. It's never yeah. that quick. They're just like, Oh, anyways, I just did it. Okay, now it doesn't look so nice. And you're like, Oh, that took an hour, so yeah, it looks great, but... Yeah, I've lost three hours of my life watching videos of other people do it, but I could have actually been doing something. Well, you know what it's like? It's like meal prep. When people are like, okay, it's Sunday, like, watch me meal prep. And then it's like, oh, I did this, boop, 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 boop. And then I did that, boop, 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 boop. And then I'm going to make this, boop, boop. And then, like, two minutes into the video, they're like, okay, and that's all my meals for the week. Okay, bye. And it's like, everything's packaged up and everything, and the fridge is clean. And, and I'm just like, I mean, I'm, I'm the cook in our house, and I love to cook, but I just, I'm like, oh, my God. Anyway. It's exactly, exactly the same. Yeah. But, yeah. but then Sister Monica Joan read a letter. Yeah. Oh, and by Would the you, way, Becca, now, did that drive you crazy? Because I know how you feel about people reading other people's mail. No, I, I will. It's totally bad. That. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Hereford looking at the address on a letter to Sister Julian was a bridge too far. I think it was wrong. I think <laughs> I would have probably done it. <laughs> I would not have done it. <laughs> I would have. Although she did give really good advice. Sure. She did give really good advice because I thought Patsy was going to be really angry at it, but Patsy just kind of, I think because Patsy was avoiding it and was a bit relieved in a way. And yeah, Jones, I'm like, going to confess something to you both off air. I can't confess it publicly, but I'll confess <laughs> it privately. Oh my goodness, this is exciting. <gasps> oh, okay. We're going to have to like that. Uh, I, just to say, I would have read the letter. I would have done exactly what Sister Monica Jane did. <laughs> well, I feel like Patsy wasn't annoyed. I feel like Sister Monica Joan kind of knew that, which is why she did it, because it, uh, Patsy didn't have a shout at her, which I thought she may have done. Do you know what I mean? 
Yeah. yeah. Well, and 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 give give Sister Monica Joan the credit. Like she was really she she came in as she's now done a bunch of times with people at different, you know, kind of crisis points where she really comes in and is so she just says the right thing, she does the right thing. She kind of offers that like loving support that is needed and just great. And Sister, and Monica, Sister Monica Joan did that with Sister Julianne too. Yeah. And with Sister, Sister Angelina. She's absolutely the person you need in a crisis. And Cynthia yeah. and like Jenny and yeah. so many of them. Yeah, she she really is good in a pinch. I'll say that much. So Patsy goes to Hong Kong to go and see her dad and Delia and her have this big crying goodbye and everyone's all like... But oh, then they can't because Fred walks in on them and it's just I know. awkward. I know. And Phyllis has obviously seen her come out of a room. So then Phyllis quotes a poem to Delia and it just oh made me... Oh my God, this, this bit got me. Because oh, I was I just was, like... I was, oh. I was already sobbing, but I sobbed again. Sorry. Same, I, oh. same. Have either of you actually got the poem there? No, I just... No, neither I. No. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, just, I mean, I, the thing is, I know I would not do a good job of like trying to... Oh, it was it beautiful. I haven't got it either, but it was beautiful. Watch it, rewatch yeah. it to see that. But, but, she, then... but she does say to her that the pain it costs to love is always worth it. Exactly. And it's just what Delia needs to hear right then. It yeah. really is. It and the really way Phyllis, is. the way Phyllis does it as well, because like she sees them coming out of the bedroom. They don't know it's, that. Like, no, she. They, they don't, don't know that she's so. seen her. That, that she's seen them, and it's right. It's actually right at the beginning of the episode. So like, kind of all this time is passing, and you're like, is anything going to happen? Is Phyllis going to say anything to anybody? You know, either of them or whatever. And she never does. But then even the way that. Phyllis sees Delia like kind of walking down the hall just like kind of looking a bit like just down in the dumps and they just kind of started having a small talk conversation about Phyllis's, Phyllis's Spanish class and then she quotes this beautiful poem and then she says that line about you know the price of love is always worth paying and just is just and then she says something else about you know like like if you know if you ever need me or like I'm around or like you know um like please bo- like borrow the book so you can read more of these poems maybe it'll bring you some something but like Da, da, da. And Delia's and acting she, there was amazing because she just had like a single tear coming down. Yeah, they were just like it was a few tears like streaming down her face. And then Phyllis, like, in this, and it was it was so wonderful that she said this because it made it, it was one of those times where you know, someone's trying to like say a lot without saying a-, a lot and but then also like not trying to upset you. And so then she says, I would really like it if you would respect a two-week return policy. Delia <laughs> just like laughs and then the tears just fall down again. And it's just one of those beautiful moments where I, like just the tone was exactly perfectly spot on. Like it wasn't, she was being as supportive and compassionate to Delia as you could ever want but not outing her not you know like confronting her in any kind of a way not kind of being like oh by the way I know why you're so sad nothing like that it was just so perfectly done I just the way she was like if I may she's just gorgeous it was just oh it was oh my god Phyllis and Delia just absolute legends in that scene oh can we talk about Barbara as well with the scene where she's trying to do the uh, sort of expectant mothers? She's trying to do like a bit of a class to them. And there's a life oh, drawing class going on across the hall. I didn't I didn't have this scene. This was a Oh, you're scene. joking. Was, you miss- but I have to say it was a bit like we don't normally get this uncalled midwife. She's trying to say, Jen, it was a bit racy. There was a man. He wasn't naked. Awesome. He was just his torso was naked but he, had he was hamster. quite he was quite, I think the kids say hench these days. <laughs> hench. <laughs> oh, I've not he heard that. He was ripped. Oh, yeah. a bit of a so he was. Th- the so 16. there was a, on one side of the hall. There was um, a group doing like a life drawing class, and he was just stood there. And then Barbara's the other side of the hall, trying to give a talk, and she's getting really flustered because he's really good looking. And, <laughs> and all the mums, all the mums, expectant mums, are just like giving him side glances. <laughs> 
<laughs> did Tom come in and like, excuse me? <laughs> no, but I was expecting that as well. But also Barbara was speaking about what they need to do to just prepare. And she talk, spoke about babies traveling outfits. <laughs> traveling outfits. It just made me absolutely lol. Oh. Well, and you this know, is Barbara... also a scene. Well, this is also a scene where we found out that um, Mrs. Reed was a seamstress, and everyone's like, "Oh!" So basically, Barbara uh, was getting uh, clients. I loved it. Oh, okay. So see, that's that was that was more implied, not explicit in in my version of the episode. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's that was, awesome. Uh... I love that. Well, listen, Barbara's Barbara's a hot blooded, you know, American. Uh, not a, she's not American. I'm mean, a hot blooded <laughs> young woman who's a nurse, but she's a woman. And she's got womanly feelings. And... W-O-M-A-N. Yes. Oh, yes. So she knows what she sees when she sees it. I mean, you know, her and Tom have gotten hot and heavy on the show before. Well, so. real cream. Do you know what I mean? Hey. Yeah. <laughs> Should we do heroes and zeros? Yes. Sure. Uh, you go first. My hero is Nurse Crane. Nice. Mm. But the way she spoke to Delia and just said exactly what needed to be said and offered exactly the right amount of comfort and was yep. just totally it was totally the perfect amount of comfort yeah i don't know what i'm saying yeah no, you said it right but also the hilarious way she asked if they could put a two-week limit on the loan it was just <laughs> i just love that everything about that scene and then my zero is going to be derek's quiff <laughs> because i cannot express how much this bothered me <laughs> hello there i love the combo i love it right uh jen no i have to go last sorry i'm I'm my hero this week is going to be sister julianne basically because nurse crane it was between them two she's rebelling she's amazing she's not letting the heart go of an artist and i absolutely applaud her for that love it so much Uh, my zero is sister ursula hater I nearly didn't watch the episode because of her. <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely was going to watch it yesterday and basically was like, oh, I cannot. I just was not in the mood for her yesterday. So I had to really pluck up the courage today. So Sister Ursula is my zero. I hate her. I'm here for that. Okay. My hero is going to be Patsy. Yeah. Um, I feel like she was a real standout. I'm, I was actually waiting to see if one of you guys were going to say that because... I felt like she was really a star. To be fair, um, we've chosen the best three heroes this week. Well, yeah, we? I think I think there's really the, the kind of the obvious stands out standouts. You know, Patsy was just on fire this week. I mean, she was she's dealing with personal stuff. You know, with her family, with Delia, she was like going above and beyond for Mrs. Reed, like being such a champion for her as always. Like you know, like hair on point. You know, like nursing on point. Like rom- romance, the whole thing. She was just really like just going for it. And it's hard to make like these really big choices in life about you know what to do, where to go, and you know standing up to your boss and everything like that. I mean, she just just you know Patsy. And actually, I do genuinely really feel that Patsy was was one of the first people to kind of break through to Sister Ursula. Now, I don't know what's going to happen in next week's episodes and stuff like that. We'll have to wait and see. But just to say, I appreciated that she kind of gave Sister Ursula the what for. And so I say, go off, Patsy. And I'm just going to go for my zero. Well, I really want to do Sister Ursula, but I don't know if we need to do... Well, okay, double double zero for Sister Ursula. Sorry. I just... I, she just really is so terrible. And you know what? Honestly, like she needs to step off. Okay. Like she comes in here thinking she knows everything. She doesn't know everything. Okay. And maybe what you need to do in a leadership or other role is like stop for just a second and listen (laughs) and see what's going on before you just start talking and spewing. 
And maybe like that should be a first order of business, okay? Because she clearly doesn't know what's what and it's causing people harm. And I don't like that. <laughs> That's <laughs> intro. And she took the money. Now I've got another yes. thing really well, quick. You don't know if she's gonna return it, but yeah, she did take it. Well, I don't think she will. She now, might put it I've in got another thing box. on the name Ursula, right? Now, the only Ursulas that I've ever had any encounter with, I've never met one in real life, I'm going to say that, right? But do you think it was done on purpose? Because there's Ursula from Little Mermaid, who's awful. Yeah. And the other Ursula I know is the sister of Phoebe and Friends, and she was awful. Do, I think it's probably more of a religious Ursula? context. Well, I will say this. I know we, my mom has a friend who's a very old lady named Ursula. Oh. And she's she's nice. No, sorry, sorry. I was gonna say I don't really know her. Now, from what I've heard from my mom, she's a very kind of like specific personality. You know, she kind of is like kind of a little bit likes what she likes, but nice lady and everything. She actually just as a quick side note had a really interesting personal story because she was single for like, I don't know, like like in well into like her 50s, maybe even early 60s. And then she met like an ex-British naval captain or something like that, and who was a little bit older than her, but not much. But then they fell in love and got married. And then they did all these cool things together in like the like the last like then they were married for like 10 or 15 years. And then he passed away sadly. But like she's still alive, I believe. But they like did all these trips. They like went on like these boat trips. They did all this cool stuff. And I just was like, it's never too late. And that anyways, I just thought that was really cool. She and she lives in England. She was an English lady. And then the other Ursula I know about is the author Ursula Le Guin, which that's the only other Ursula that I put with that name. You know, but... if she was good or bad. Well, I mean, I think she's good, but oh well, that's bad. So my point being, my point is invalid. Now, I just want to talk about something else about my point being invalid. <laughs> no, wait, I've just looked. Up. <laughs> Ursula is like the little female bear. <gasps> Oh, like Ursa Major or Minor, maybe? Is that like... Maybe. Oh, yeah, like that's... the constellation? Because isn't that isn't Ursa yeah. Major like the little bear, this yeah. constellation, I think? Wow. So, there you yeah, go. I don't think it's blanket. If there's any Ursa's listening. No, yeah. no, it was just a silly point. I anyway, fun. Okay. the fact that I'm factually wrong, um, we'll go on to another <laughs> bit about me being factually wrong. We were talking, uh-huh. so, um, we've had a message from Laura Wonderling. Thank you so much for messaging in, Laura, about Ooh. our episode when me and Bex went on a lovely little jaunt to Gloucester. And we spoke <gasps> oh, about yeah. Stephen and Heidi having children and stuff. And I said I thought they had two because I'm sure I saw two on the photo. I was wrong, apparently. They have oh. one child. They had fertility problems and Heidi almost died after he was born. I highly recommend his book, Flesh and Blood. So interesting and tells a story that a lot with his family history back to the 1800s through their medical history. So thank you, Laura. That's another book for us to read later on. That sounds yeah, good. Yeah, we've got a little book so, club going. Love yeah. that. Hey, we're always we're always uh, willing to say when we're wrong on this podcast, which is quite a lot. Quite a lot. <laughs> That's why we're so willing because it's so frequent. <laughs> <laughs> we're not proud. <laughs> and on that note of not being proud uh, we shall see you next week we are going to record series six episode three but in the meantime yeah. please like subscribe follow us on twitter threads facebook we're in every facebook group going and um, interact with us on instagram we love it i read all your messages you can email us at recallthemidwifepod at gmail.com uh, we love hearing x. from you what, what were you going to say back i just said x the new twitter oh i always say twitter instead of x don't i yeah x so well, yeah it's, it's like everybody's gonna still call it twitter so you weren't wrong bex yeah so yeah that's amazing so 
follow us on all that and we will do our very best to get back to you also send us your address if you want Jen or Bex to uh, send you some <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, correspondence open. That, like do it in a private message so it can stay discreet oh yeah but... don't put it on the main page that would be absolute madness <laughs> <laughs> send us like a DM on Instagram or something like that <laughs> so that and if you or your comments. husband have an amazing quiff please send us the pictures because Becky really is a big fan yeah exactly <laughs> also like if anybody wants like I mean I feel like I hear about this stuff like but if you guys want like us to send like a novelty birthday card to like you know your best friend or whatever on on your behalf like we'll do it we'll be like a like you know like a singogram but for like cards from a obscure podcast like we'll do whatever you know what I mean like <laughs> we'll deliver anyway, a birthday we're... card we'll deliver a birthday cake <laughs> Bex is gonna post it baking i'm not gonna over promise but i'm just gonna say like <laughs> if you got if you listeners want to get creative like we'll try to meet you you know at like in the middle so anyway uh, thank you know, so much for listening for that got weird yeah i don't even know i don't have any time to do any of this i don't know why i've made a big thing about and also as we know as you'll know now from the episode where we did meet heidi and Stephen again i'll just be really awkward <laughs> Oh, on that note, thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.